Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring you new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by iris.xyz, the most helpful place advisors can come to to grow their minds and businesses. This is your host, Doug Heikinen. And our guest today is Peter Kroll, who's the founder and CEO and director of investments of Earth Equity Advisors located in Asheville, North Carolina. Peter is well known in the green business community and a longtime advocate for fossil fuel free and sustainable, responsible and impact investing. In the past, he's been selected as one of Investopedia's 100 list as the most influential advisors in America. Welcome to the podcast, Pete. Thanks, Doug. It's, uh, I'm really glad to be here. We're going to talk about a very popular topic today, the planet. It's on everybody's podcast, television show, and big in the new administration plans in 2021 and beyond. Tell me a little bit about the path that got you here and why it's so important to you. Um, well, I, I was working at Merrill Lynch and I realized that it wasn't a system that I wanted to be in. This was back, uh, I had started with Merrill in 1998. 2003, 2004, sometime around then, I, uh, I was dating my wife, Melissa. She has PhDs in microbiology and molecular genetics. So I definitely married somebody much smarter than myself. Um, we were having deep conversations about social responsibility, climate change, and the environment. Uh, and about the same time, I had an opportunity to spend a day with a gentleman named Bill McDonough, who is a rather famous green architect uh, and also the author of the book, Cradle to Cradle, which was sort of a tome on circular economy. And I brought these two things together and in June of 2004, hung out my shingle and have certainly never looked back. There are many financial firms that claim to be on this bandwagon. Do these claims add up in your estimation? Uh, certainly not always. You know, we, we've been in this space for over 16 years now, and I can usually tell the difference between, you know, those who've really integrated it into their practice and those sort of latecomers who just jumped on the bandwagon because they see the market trends. Uh, now, at the same time, you don't have to be us. You know, you don't have to have solar panels on your roof and an electric vehicle in your driveway to, to be the real deal. But you do have to take it seriously. For me, the best way to, to really you know, look at a firm or look at a, a fund family is you know, look under the hood at their investments. You know, right now there's about 400 uh, mutual funds and ETFs out there. And so there's a ton of room for greenwashing. And that, that's what we're, we're seeing a lot of right now. And, you know, taking the, taking the time to look under and say, I, I, you know, McDonald's is considered a, an ESG company and I'm not quite sure why your fund holds that and, and, and asking the hard questions or, you know, why is there a fossil fuel company in your, in your portfolio? So what's the real screening process for a Green Sage portfolio? So Green Sage is an investment individual stock portfolio that we have. It's sort of our signature stock portfolio. And you know, we, call, we start with what I call a positive bias. So we, you know, traditionally socially responsible investing or SRI has been about exclusion. What don't we want to own? And you know, while we certainly avoid fossil fuels and mining and other offending industries, we want to ask the question more importantly, what do we want to own? 
you know, what businesses and industries are going to move us forward from an environmental, societal, and economic perspective. So it has to really hit all of those. When I look at putting this portfolio together, you know, we, we want to see alternative energy, energy efficiency, battery technology, which is finally starting to be have publicly traded options, uh, water technologies, green transportation, natural and organic products and services, uh, sustainable real estate, you know, one, one of the biggest contributors to uh, CO2 emissions are, are buildings. So how can we make our buildings more efficient? Uh, certainly technology, big data, Internet of Things, stuff like that. Uh, green finance and insurance has played a big role. Uh, recycling, circular economy, and cutting edge biotech. These are really the areas that we focus on in this particular portfolio. Uh, and in to do so, we maintain a, a universe of stocks that we're constantly adding to and removing based on, on uh, a number of metrics. Um, when it comes time to build our portfolio, we use data from a number of sources, including Morningstar Sustainalytics, which is actually now a part of Morningstar. We also use uh, an outside ESG firm called Act Analytics. Uh, and from a lot of this data, we build a composite score. So we take these 500 or so stocks uh, and we build composite scores based on one based on fundamentals, one based on ESG metrics, and one based on street consensus. And we look at those from each of those uh, columns. And then I also make a, a, an overall composite based on all those. And finally, when, when all is said and done, we, we, we put it all together to, to diversify it. So number one, it's diversified into multiple sectors, different market caps, and it's, it's broken up globally as well. To, and at the end of it, we end up with a, a 50 stock portfolio that I'm comfortable to put up against just about any portfolio that, that you can find out there. So how can an investor tell the junk out there? Are there quick ways or does somebody have to really dig deep into what they're investing in? I, for me, um, it's, it's, it's simple as, like I said earlier, looking under the hood. Uh, when, if, if you have Morningstar or even if you just have Yahoo Finance, you, know, you, can, you can take a very quick look at, at any fund that's out there and say, okay, if you see that uh, there are holdings in the energy sector, uh, which is, remember that solar energy and things like that are not classified as energy. They're typically classified as industrials. So if you see energy in a portfolio, uh, they're not taking sustainability seriously. Uh, for us, and I, and I believe it should be across the board here, but there's no such thing as a sustainable fossil fuel company, period. They are the, the main reason why we are in the climate crisis that we're in at this point. There's there, the other thing that there's, there's a lot of indexes out there that use ESG metrics to, to create their portfolios. And, and that's great, a great starting point. But the metrics only tell part of the story because what's happened now is companies have begun to game the ESG system. There's a lot of consultants out there now that will go to big companies and say, well, we can help you get your ESG score up so that way you can be included in these indices. Uh, for example, let's say you're a big oil company and you know you're never going to get a good E or environmental score. Um, what do they do? Well, let's throw some money at some charities. So let's increase our, our S or our social score. Um, let's perhaps add a woman or, or, or a minority or both to our board of directors and improve uh, our, our governance score. And in my mind, that doesn't make a company sustainable. It makes them deceptive in a way. So, you know, 
when, when we look at a company, when we look at a fund, I, want to, I, I don't want to just see that they've used a bunch of arbitrary ESG metrics. I also believe that you have to have lay human eyes on it. Uh, you have to use your common sense and look under the hood and say, is this really a company that my clients would view as being environmentally uh, sustainable, socially sustainable, or um, you know, governance, maybe not to a, as much of an extent, but is this a company that I would consider sustainable? So give me the argument for a green portfolio stacked against a portfolio that doesn't take these considerations into mind. Can it provide similar returns or is the investor giving back this returns um, to make a responsible investment? Well, the, the, the bottom line is that sustainable, responsible and impact investing is not charity. And, I, and I'll go back to our green sage sustainability portfolio as an example. And of course, because you don't have all advisors, I'm sure who listen to the podcast, I'll make sure that uh, you know, your listeners know that past performance is not indicative of future returns. So keep that in mind. But our portfolio has been around for eight years. In fact, this past Monday, December 21st was our eighth anniversary. As of our anniversary on Monday, the average annual return over the last eight years is just shy of 17%, which is about 2% annualized better than the S&P 500 and 6.7% better than the benchmark that we typically use, which is the MSCI All Cap World Index, because uh, we view our fund more as a global fund. And year to date, so again, through uh, December 20, what the number did I say here? December 21st, the portfolio is up 49%, which is about 34% better than the S&P 500 and 37% better than the All Cap World Index. And we've done that by never putting a fossil fuel company in there and always maintaining our positive investment strategy. So let's pick on the fossil fuel people again. I recently read that divesting in fossil fuel actually improves investment performance. If so, can you explain that? Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's definitely true. So, so Jeremy Grantham, uh, GMO hedge fund fame, commissioned a study a couple of years ago to see what would happen if you extracted any particular sector from the market. And what he found was that between 1989 and 2017, uh, you actually did 0.03 better if you had divested from fossil fuels or basically took the energy sector out of the S&P 500. Uh, but the reality is, is there's only a 50 uh, basis point delta between the worst performing and the best performing uh, if you extract any particular sector from, uh, from the S&P 500. So the reality is, is you can divest and not hurt yourself. But this is more than just you know, feel good. We want, we want to divest from fossil fuels because it is uh, something that's aligned with our values. You know, there are a lot of other uh, factors at play right now uh, ExxonMobil just wrote down something on the order of between 17 and $20 billion on some natural gas holdings. Uh, for, for, for your listeners who haven't heard of something called stranded assets, stranded assets are assets that these fossil fuel companies are not going to be able to pull out, pull from the ground, you know, be it oil or, or natural gas or coal. And the reason they won't be able to pull them out might be because of regulatory issues or because uh, obviously, you know, climate change is, is, is the major reason why we are, we're moving away from a fossil fuel economy. So it's not just 
a, a feel good uh, decision. It's also a, a risk management perspective. Um, and if you, you know, an easy way to sort of track the performance of the S&P 500 versus the S&P 500 minus uh, fossil fuels is there's two ETFs out there. SPY, of course, is, is the S&P 500, but SPYX uh, is, fossil is fossil fuel free. And so you can compare the two over the last five years, uh, the uh, SPX, SPYX beat the uh, S&P Spider by about 45 basis points annually. So, you know, that, that does add up over time. And I, I don't see any reason why that is going to change going forward. That's amazing. I was listening to the Bill Gates, Rashida Jones podcast this week, super stuff. Bill's working hard on this topic and spending a fortune. He claims we're in a race to have this solved by 2050 for the next generations. Can you trace the breadcrumbs from an investment to actually saving the world for our kids? Absolutely. Uh, and, and I think, and, and the reality is, is I think 2050 is really pushing the limits. We need to be working on this now. Um, but I also understand that there are the, the realities of the, uh, of the entrenched interests that um, are, are, are going to be really hard to move. But, you know, the first thing to answer your question is uh, we first need to recognize that climate change is real and it's happening all around us. It, it, it just is. There's, there's a scientific consensus. Anybody who tells you otherwise, it, you need to ask what their motives are. Again, being married to a scientist uh, and somebody who has uh, a good background in studying issues related to the oceans and microbes and how uh, climate change is uh, interacting with uh, gas exchange and a whole bunch of stuff that's way the hell over my head. I know that this is going on and I know that this is real. We need to identify what the causes are, but also what the solutions are from an investment perspective. And then we need to ask the question, where do we need to go to move forward from where we are? So what do we need? We need clean energy. We need clean transportation. We need greener buildings. We need uh, nutritious foods and, and, and health care. We need education and fulfilling job opportunities, things that are going, as our economy shifts, that we're going to have to be cognizant of. Uh, I said healthcare, but we need really need cutting edge biotech. In my opinion, that's one of the things that we've put in our Green Sage portfolio. And a lot of these, the things that that we need to move forward, these breadcrumbs, as you as you mentioned, are, are really parts of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which are 17 uh, goals or 17 areas of focus that I believe in 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 our portfolios we we address. 10 or 11, I don't remember off the top of my head here, but 10 or 11 uh, of these particular goals, everything from, again, alternative energy to healthy communities, um, et cetera. Um, and, and, and once you recognize these different aspects of it, we can, you can put together a portfolio from there. Do you have any reason why people don't believe this is happening? I mean, take this year and... <laughs> people staying home and not traveling and the effect it has had on the world just in eight months. Why do you think people don't believe it? There's been a lot of studies done on this and sort of this year aside. So, so the Yale, uh, Yale has a climate communications um, group and they study, you know, why is it that there is this, this group of hardline folks who, who refuse to, to, to believe into it. And they call it, uh, I believe it's the six Americas. 
And you have folks who are on the, on, the, on the far one side of it where pretty much everything they do, every decision they make is wrapped up in it and they are worried and they are concerned and they are scared of it. And then you have the abs absolute opposite side who completely dismiss everything. The, the people who are in the, in the middle are the ones that I think really make the biggest difference. Uh, the folks who, who don't believe it, they typically are aligned with an affinity group. So while they may think that there might be some credence to what the scientists are saying, because their affinity group denies it, because their affinity group uh, is, basically, is out there saying, well, this, this, this can't be happening, they go along with the group and they don't want to break away because they're connected more to the group than they are to a set of, of um, to the re to the reality of the situation actually and and conversely the the folks who do believe it typically uh, are going to rely a little bit more on the data now they also have group think as well but they are going to rely a little bit more on the data and so this is this this is what this these are what the studies are showing us that um it's it's not necessarily about the facts. It's about who do you feel comfortable and who are you associating with and where are you getting your information from? Give me the top reasons advisors should be on the green wave for their clients. Well, number one is your clients are demanding it. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. If, if you aren't getting out in front and talking to your clients about it, they're going to be picking up the phone and talking to me. That's, that's the reality of the situation. We don't do a whole lot of outbound marketing. A lot of what, uh, a lot of what um, the, the prospective clients we have coming to us are coming to us from traditional advisors who are either uh, downplaying the uh, you know, sustainable investing in general, who say you can't make the same kind of returns, which is unfortunately a fallacy now. It may have been true 10 or 15 years ago, but it's not true anymore. Um, so you need to get out ahead of it and you need to be talking to your clients about it. Uh, number two is sustainable uh, investments now account for one in three professionally managed investments in the U.S. That's about a 42% growth rate from just 2018 to 2020. And it's around the $17 trillion, give or take. There is, there, there is, um, a lot of evidence that this is continuing to pick up steam, especially this year, um, which yeah, people have been home. People have had more time to actually do, like I said earlier, look under the hood and say, well, why is it that my investments on this, this isn't aligned with my values. Uh, and number three, there is an upcoming wealth transfer that we've, that we've all read about. Uh, well, women and millennials are going to be taking over trillions of dollars uh, of assets in the coming decade, decades. Who has the most interest in sustainable investing? Women and millennials. And so once again, you need to be able to speak to those folks about it. And you need to be able to speak more than just on a surface level. Uh, you need to understand it. You recently launched a robo called Align Digital. Tell us about it and how it works. We, we are really, really excited to launch this platform. And the, the, the reason we launched it is because you know, we are, our mission is to bring sustainable uh, and responsible investing to everybody. The problem with that is as an advisory firm, we have a $250,000 minimum. And so that makes it you know, difficult when we have multiple uh, prospective clients coming to us that might have $50,000 or $100,000 or $10,000 for that matter. And so we created this, this uh, portfolio, first of all, 
to, to, to meet the needs of those folks. We didn't want to have to turn them away. But second of all, I also know that there's other advisors out there who don't want to be experts in sustainable investing, who don't have the time, who uh, would prefer to outsource the, res the, the, the research and the actual implementation. And so, you know, our goal was, uh, was twofold, to really hit those two markets, the folks who don't hit our minimum and the, the investment advisors out there who need somebody to outsource to that they can trust, that isn't greenwashing, that, isn't, that, that actually cares about the uh, investments that go into the portfolio and that you're not all of a sudden going to look at the portfolio and see that you've got Chevron in there and, ask, and have to ask the question, why is this in our portfolio? The way we put it together is it uses the exact same universe of stocks uh, pared down just a little bit um, that we use for the Green Sage Sustainability Portfolio. And we've teamed up with Folio Institutional and they actually are custodian, but they also also have a portfolio engine uh, that, that helps us a little bit. Clients are asked a series of questions on risk and also sustainable values, such as things like, do you want your portfolio to be farm friendly? Or do you want to have extra renewable energy? Because it's got it, renewable energy in it by definition, but you might want to have a little bit more. Uh, and it even asks if you want to have pot stocks in there. So we, we, we've tried to make it as, as uh, inclusive as possible. Uh, so what the portfolio engine from Folio does is it combines the answers with our universe and creates a custom diversified individual stock portfolio of about 80 to 100 stocks. Uh, but it also includes green bonds and green and ESG bonds to sort of make a, a complementary asset allocation. Uh, so if you're an advisor, you know, we're not here to compete with you on this. We're here to actually be your partner. So you can rest easy and, and, and send a client that you want to that who wants a sustainable allocation to Align Digital. Uh, it's 75 basis points for Align Digital. And we won't be competing with you. We'll actually be your partner in this. So advisors and, and investors can access that through you. Absolutely. So if you're an advisor and they want to work with you, um, how do they get in touch with you at Earth Equity? So there's, there's really two ways to work with us. Um, we, have, we have an SMA version of Green Sage Sustainability Portfolio and our diversified mutual fund portfolios. So if an so, if a, if a advisor wants to go the, the uh, SMA route, we can make that happen. Uh, we are on, currently on two platforms right now. We're on Folio's platform and we are on the E-Trade uh, Advisor Services platform uh, and continuing to expand that. However, we have several advisors as well who we work with on signals uh, because Green Sage only trades twice a year and because our mutual fund portfolios are rebalanced quarterly. There's not a whole lot of work that we do that's, that's necessary on, on a signals basis. And so, you know, we, we send uh, on a signals basis, we send you out a couple days prior to the end of the quarter or when we trade Green Sage, you put it into your system, you trade on the date that we tell you to, to make the trade on. Uh, so that's for folks who, who truly want to outsource it. it, saves you a little bit of money. It's 50 basis points instead of 75. So we help you with the communication, education and portfolio management. That website is earthequity-sma.com. That's earthequity-sma.com. Or again, you can go to Align Digital, which is earthequityalign.com. But if anybody has any questions, you can always feel free to reach out to me directly at it's simple info at earthequityadvisors.com.
Peter, this is really great stuff. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Doug. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to uh, I look forward to chatting again sometime. Great. For everybody at Iris Media Works, our producer Jakey Beard, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.